Hello and welcome everybody to a special edition of everybody's favourite podcast, the world's greatest podcast, That's The Way, The Cookie Crumbles. Tell them, lad, it is decent. Oh God, allegedly. Uh, moving on. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Cookie Pod, we're back. We said we'd chuck in little pods here and there. We, we, we're not going to be victims to a routine. We'll chuck them out when we want to chuck them out. Keep you on your toes. It's just me and Jim today. Stan's actually gone on a retreat with Donny Osmond to the Philippines. So we'll see how he gets on when he's back for the next pod that we do. So safe travels, Donny and Stan. Jim, <laughs> the, Euro, the Euros. Talk to me. Euro, yeah. I mean, it's been good so far. I've enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed? I've not, not quite watched all the games, but I mean, I'd like to think I've watched most of them. What about you? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I mean, certain big players that we're going to get into have been slightly disappointing, some overachieving, looking for that big move. But let's start with one of the home nations, Jim. I mean, a, a nation that a few people thought they wouldn't even get out of the group in, in Wales. They've they're playing five o'clock against almost everyone's favourite second team now, after what happened to Christian Eriksen, you could say. But they're playing Denmark, five o'clock. Who's going to go through in that one, Jim? Well, well, we didn't even mention that this is um, going to be a bit of a last 16 preview and we're into the nitty-gritty. We're into the actual the business side of the tournament, knockout football. Group stage was great and give us some great moments, but this is what we all remember and this is the, the, the stakes are on the line, the pressure's up now. Um but yeah, like you've said, Wales, I think I don't think many predicted them to go through that group. The team's weaker than the the overachievers in Euro 2016, but remarkably this seems to be this side's this generation's tournament for them. And they've got a very winnable game. Um obviously, like you say, Denmark, the loss of Ericsson and then them going through in the third place, um, after battering Russia. I think everybody loved to see that, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, they, they went through comfortably kind of in the end, Denmark. They absolutely smashed the last team they played, but Wales through on four points, finishing second. The only loss they got, the only L they took in the groups was to uh, Italy. But it's a game you would consider Denmark favourites in this one, Jim. But Wales have not defied the odds so far, but they've uh, they've delayed expectations, shall we say. Yeah, I think it's going to be... I think Denmark are a bit stronger than... The teams that Wales have already beat, we've got the point at Switzerland and they beat Turkey. They're quite, they're quite good at the back of Denmark. Um, but obviously they are missing that star factor and they're missing. I say they're missing a goal scorer, but yeah, they did hammer Russia four 0 but four one. But to be honest, I think Russia's just a bit crap. To be fair, I think that says more about them than it does Denmark's attack. I actually, I think this would be really tight. I could see extra time in this one. Under two and a half. I don't know about that. Maybe. I, I, my my prediction would be would be a draw. A draw, okay, okay. I'm gonna say Denmark win. Uh, if we, I don't think we should do a correct score, but if if, if people really are that asked about my opinion on the Denmark Wales game, I'll say two nil to Denmark. Well, you don't you don't see the um, the Wales scoring with Gareth Bale in fine form. I mean, Bale Bale does look good. I'll be honest, he looks good. Ramsey played really well in the game that they won. I can't remember who it was against. But he played Turkey. really well. Turkey, yeah. <laughs> Skeech is 50 to 1 dark horse. That was good. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but yeah, I think Denmark should go through. They've got the team. I know they're missing Christian Eriksen, which is obviously a huge loss anyway, because he is a top player and probably their best player. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got Heiberg. Um, I'd probably say best player, though, t- t- talent wise. Um, 
think yeah. the game is going to be a lot similar to the Wales Switzerland one that opened the tournament. Switzerland played the better side, they got a lot more recognised players, um, but they're quite a defensive side as well. And Wales kind of just dealt with him and hit him on the break with Dan James. I think Dan James had a brilliant tournament, and I think he'll be key if Wales do get a result. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he's still a Man United player in the summer, given his good Euro so far. I know Bielsa's a big fan of his, so we'll see what happens. But a team that I'm a big fan of, Jim, in this Euro so far, nine points from nine, Italy. I know the man at the wheel, not Oli, sorry, Stan, but <laughs> the man at the wheel, this particular wheel, this Ferrari, shall we say, is a man close to your art, isn't he, Jim? Yes, um, Bobby Mancini, the man hey. who gave up my first title. My happiest days. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just buzzing. I think everyone's kind of grew around him now, aren't they? The way he dresses too and how he's given um, given all the players minutes in the Euros because when he was a World Cup player, he didn't, he didn't get minutes. He never played in a World Cup himself. So that was just a nice touch when he brought on Sirigu for Donnarumma um, and then made a mass changes against Wales. And also, they've been the most entertaining side going forward. They've, they've battered sides, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, people, he splits opinion. I really like him. I've liked him since he came in. The only problem I didn't have with this player I'm about to mention was his position. However, in this Italy side, Jorginho is looking like the man. I know he played next to Verratti in a 4-3-3 for the final group game, I believe, or the second to last group game. But he, he dictates so much of what Italy do. And I listened to something, I think it was Lorenzo Insigne said, and they said everyone calls him the professor because he's constantly telling people like where to pass the ball with like his hand movements and this, that and the other. And I think winning the Champions League has spurred him on to be more of a leader, so to speak, because he's the Chelsea vice captain anyway. But watching him play for Italy, he looks like the captain. And I think he is a massive player for them. They've scored seven goals in three games, all winning to nil. So the Azuri, uh, they're killing it at the moment. And they've got a massive game round of 16, they're in Austria away, a David Alaba away, shall we say, because Marco Arnautovic can't play for him being a complete fucking idiot. But if they can get past Austria... Is he suspended again? Is he not banned for the tourney? No, he only got suspended for one game. He played in the final group game. Did he? Yeah, yeah. He played against Ukraine. I thought he he was banned for saying something like... No, he got got banned for like winding... The um, Macedonia fans up or something, but he only got a one game suspension. There you go, then. Well, they're at Marco Anatovic and David Alaba away because let's be honest, who else have Austria got? Well, well they got, um, they got Sibitza. I think Sibitza is a really good player. Yeah. Um, and I think Austria have actually done okay this tournament. They, they made Ukraine look quite dull. I don't know if that was Ukraine not showing up or Austria nullified them. Um, but I, you got to say that's a very impressive result for them because I think a lot of team, a lot of people would have expected Ukraine to finish second in that group, which they did get through. We'll talk about them later, but they only managed to third place. Um, but I don't think, I don't think I can see passing it. They win the way they're playing and how deep the squad is as well is really impressed me because you got to remember that Variety's only just come in in the last game and he would have been the starting midfielder. They've had to bring in Locatelli, who's been a sensation himself, and I'm sure. Sassuolo are going to be give, receiving a lot of bids for him this summer. Um, probably Juve, the way that league is run. And Federico Chiesa too, the Juve forward. Um, he would no doubt undoubtedly play in that front line, but 
he fell out with the manager and then Berardi stepped in and Berardi's been great as well. So you've got players on the bench. He made a load of changes at Wales and the team still looked really strong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, mean, I just like can't see past him. No, I mean, like you just said, then depth is obviously a massive part of this tournament. We've spoke about France and England having big depth, but like you just mentioned then, Mancini literally give, was it everyone or near enough everyone minutes in this tournament? Give everyone minutes, yeah. There you go. He's give everyone minutes. And for a game where he would usually play Jorginho, Nico Barella and Locatelli, like you said, subbed him out, managed to keep Jorginho in there, brought in Pacina and brought in Verratti. Verratti's not a bad player to bring in from the cold. Obviously, Belotti's the sub-striker behind him, Abile, Chiesa, Bernadeschi, Insigne, Berardi. They've got depth, like you just said. I think the Verratti is going to be a big call for Mancini. It's going to probably be his biggest call of the tournament. I don't know what he's going to do um, because Verratti's probably his best midfielder. Um, but Barella was the Serie A midfielder of the season. Jorginho's played every single game. He's dictating the tempo. It's going to be between Locatelli, who stepped up and impressed, and then I'll just bring Verratti back. I don't know what, what you do. Yeah. Um, I suspect they'll bring Verratti back, but either way, they're going to be winning in midfield for me. Yeah, it's that three-man midfield. If you can get a midfield of Jorginho and Verratti, I know they're quite similar players, but you ain't going to touch the ball many times in that game if them two are both playing together. And you might see you might see Jorginho drop a little bit deeper and Verratti go a bit further up. And I still think Italy to nil for this one, Jim. Yeah, I'll go with Italy as well. Yeah, Italy through there. Definitely. Okay, another team, Jim, that you could say is close to your heart, just from a few FM saves, but the Czechs are entertaining the Netherlands in this game. And I'm not going to lie, I've liked the look of Holland so far. I mean, the squad on paper is a bit lacklustre, other than obviously missing uh, Virgil van Dijk. Huge loss for them. But yeah, I've been impressed, Jim. Yeah, um, they've got a lot of goals, haven't they? I mean, Wijnaldum's popping up. Depay's got a few now. Uh, Eight goals, yeah. some more. Eight, yeah, yeah, they they missed some good chances as well. But I will just kick this preview off. Um, and I will say, I reckon this could be the first banana peel to slip on for the Netherlands. Okay, I think they're that kind of team. I think Frankie Dion's been very good as well. But I think the Czechs have been really strong so far. And I think England beating the Czechs. In Wembley, got downplayed a lot, and I think we might see that on Sunday. Um, and I think when the Czechs, I would predict the Czechs to turn them over in normal time, not in England's time, in 90 minutes. And I think we'll all look back at England's win and think, and even Czechs result at Scotland and the result in Croatia and think, yeah, they're actually a decent side and they've got some good players. Yeah, I mean, more people need to put some respect on their name, myself being one of them. And if they turn the Netherlands gym, it'll be word soup for tea for me that night. But quick one on the manager, Frank De Boer. He's been ridiculed for playing this 3-4-3 or 3-5-2, what he plays. And a lot of Netherlands fans want him to go 4-3-3, so you can get that midfield three of Darun, Feinaldum and Frankie de Jong. But is his tactical inflexibility going to cost him in this game against... Uh, the Czechs? Um, well, they obviously, I remember they flew, they flew the plane over one of the training sessions saying play 4 3 3, which is quite funny. Um, Pleading. But I think in, in terms of this tournament, they've they won every game, Netherlands, haven't they? Yeah, um, the three, so, three. I mean, Deboe, he's, he's 
kind of indicated by selections because I think they've actually done well. Um, I just think more so than the actual being tactically inflexible because I think what that free back does is it gives Dumfries um, license to go forward and I actually think he's done really well for Netherlands so I don't think we'd have seen him quite do as well in a 4-3-3 formation. So I actually don't mind the formation as much. I just think I've seen a lot of their games and they're giving up chances to weak side. I think Macedonia had a load of chances against him and he was counting on the break. And I don't think you're going to get that against the Czechs because they're just going to sit back and defend and they are good defensively as well. Yeah, like you just said, they're good defensively and when the ball goes forward, it sticks with Schick, if you'll pardon the pun. But it does. The ball stays up there and then they can allow other players to get involved. Just going to touch on Dumfries. He plays in a back four for PSV Eindhoven, but plays in a back three for the Netherlands. He, it shows he can he can do both, and he's been one of the the bright lights of this tournament. A lot of people don't know who he is. I mean, I only know who he is off FIFA. I could only tell you that he's fast and plays at the back. But one more player, Jim, for the Netherlands. Um, by the way, I think the Netherlands will win. I think they'll win. I don't know about normal time, but I think they'll go through. But a player that I want to just get your opinion on, Jim, I don't think he'll be short of suitors. He's a free agent. Paddy Van Arnold. I don't even know he's a free agent, to be honest. Refused um, to sign yeah, a new Palace deal yet? Refused? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him with the state of their manager. They've been turned down by... Um, Every man and his dog. Lucy and Favre recently. Um, but yeah, definitely. He's got the experience. He's got international experience. I and mean, he's done really well in the Premier League as well. He's quite good for going forward. I think he might be a bit of a liability at the back, but... If you need a wing back, um, I think he's great and he's good on set pieces as well. So, yeah, I think I don't know what kind of teams would be looking for a left back, but I wouldn't be against that one. If I was well, well, I was, I was going to say, obviously, it looks like with Chelsea, just a quick one, Max Alonso and Emerson are both going to leave and Man City are, I think, trying to get rid of Mendy. But would you take Van Arnold as your sub left back slash left wing backs? I think I would for free as well. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I reckon Ryan Bertrand's on a free as well, so I think I'd rather Bertrand. Yeah, there's two. There you go. There's two good left back options there. Yeah, I think it's clever though to just if you're filling out a left back position, especially like a backup one. There's no point going out spending big on a player when you've got two good free ones there. Yeah. There you go for any any club scouts that are listening. We've just identified <laughs> two left backs for you there, but but another player. Just last thing on Netherlands, Jim, Wout Veghorst. He gets some shit, but I like him. I what do you think about his celebration when he did the little tiger thing? That's a bit weird. I thought, you're a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if there's a tiger out there. There's only one tiger king and he's up here. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the audio listeners, I've just pointed to my Zoom picture, which is Joe Exotic stroking a tiger. <laughs> but yeah, Valve by costume. Maybe you could recreate that picture if he gets a goal in this one. Wow. I mean, the guy's massive. He plays for Wolfsburg, but he's not your conventional number nine, is he? No, he's not. Um, and he's not the conventional Netherlands number nine either. Um, they've also had some really good ones over the years. I remember Huntelaar, Van Nistelrooy, especially in the big international tournaments. They'd always bang him in. Uh, has, he, he's only, has he only scored once? I think he has scored he's once, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, he's looked okay, actually. His link-up play has been good. He set Dupai up for a sitter, probably one of the worst misses. We'll see. Yeah. He's a bit, um, of, a water carrier, okay. bit of a water carrier, does the dirty things. Yeah, I think it's a position they're just lacking in, and he is just the best of 
what they've got at this time, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. But they've I mean, got, they get a lot of goals from midfield and Depay does a lot of that work as well. So you don't really need a backsman. No, you don't. You just need someone to link it all together. Similar with uh, France and Olivier Giroud. But moving on, one of the biggest games, I would say, in this tournament, Belgium versus Portugal. Roberto Martinez, will he, will he finally use this golden generation and get into where they need to be? Because in spells, Jim, Belgium have looked scintillating. Yeah, this is this is a flip of a coin, I think. This is going to be such a good game on Sunday night as well. Um, but I don't know who to pick yet. We'll talk about it for a bit. Um, Belgium, like you just said, like, yeah, completely agree. Some of the goals they've scored, there was a De Bruyne on his left foot, the play before it, Luke Hacker does really well. That was just an amazing move. Something and that was that. the game against Denmark and De Bruyne just, yeah, De Bruyne just came on and just changed the game. I think, Looking at it, Portugal looks set up more for success because Belgium can be got at with um, quite an ageing defence and then Boyata Ruz has looked shaky himself. Um, but Belgium have got the X-factor for me because even Eden Hazard in his day can turn up. Lukaku is the most on-form striker in Europe, for, I think. And De Bruyne is the best midfielder in the world. And when you've got the best midfielder in the world and a deadly striker in the same team, I think you can beat anyone. Yeah, I mean, even like you said, a half-fit Eden Hazard is still a a person you need to be worried about. And the only thing that lets Belgium down, and I know it's obvious for anyone who watches football, is the defence. Like, Vertonghen's about 50. Odeveral's up there as well. Denier's experienced to a point, barely played at City, plays at Lyon now. He's played in the Champions League, but he's not that good. And they're still bringing on as a sub, Vissel Kobe's Thomas Vermaelen, which is pathetic at this point that he's even getting a game. So, I mean, I think Portugal and Ronaldo, they'll have the tails up to think offensively we could be in here because Portugal offensively are brilliant. However, they can't have a repeat performance of the Germany game. Otherwise, it'll be the exactly same result. You'll score a couple because the defence isn't isn't great, but you'll concede four because yours is worse. Or, or even the France game. I think, if, I think if Portugal were a little bit more convincing... I'd be saying no-brainer Portugal just because it's set up for them to win with Belgium's worrying defence and Portugal are just set up to sit back and counter with world-class players which they've got in abundance at the top and they've got a good defence but conceded two against France conceded four against Germany I think they've got a problem down the wings me Portugal going bad and they've changed some things up against France they didn't play Bernardo uh, no, they didn't play Bruno, sorry. Um, we didn't start. And then Bernardo came off early. They're trying to figure something out. Um, Ronaldo Sanchez started that game. I still think Portugal are figuring a few things out. And Belgium, for the problems everyone does know about, I think they know they're starting 11, which goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, dropping Bruno Fernandes for, obviously, the France game was a huge call by the Portugal manager. And it comes after the courts from Mourinho said that Portugal had been playing with 10 men for the first two group games, which you could say, well, you can definitely say Bruno's been a passenger in those two games and you've had two chances, you've not happened, come in and Renato's come in, they've gone 4-3-3 as Bruno occupies like a 10, but can occupy one of the three midfield roles wide. But I like Renato Sanchez and they probably look more solid with Renato Sanchez in over than Bruno. Yeah, I think Renato Sanchez has been really good. He's, He's kind of come back from the He's right, the rise and the fall and the rise again now. Um, Paul Clemens' fault. That's who it is. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I think I think Portugal are definitely better with him. Um, but like just coming back to that Germany game when he got absolutely hammered, and they got hammered by the three four three, which we know Belgium are going to go out and play, and Belgium are going to attack them wings. So yeah. I think Portugal need to figure something out, and if they, if they figure it out defensively, they should go on to win this game on the counter. But this is why it's so entertaining for me because because of that game that Germany battered them in the three three four three. And Belgium are going to settle really similarly with Thierry Mans detaining the tempo and um, Falken Hazard down the left. And I think this could be a good one. Yeah. What What are you going prediction for this one, Jim? I'm going to go... Uh, you see, honestly, I could flip a coin. I'm going to go Belgium to upset them. I'm going to also join you and go with, with Belgium for this one. I think they'll just have too much quality for Portugal. But I think Ronnie Opdogs will score. Yeah, he's showed up so far and on the big stage. He's been amazing. So that gives us a nice little Sunday night. We're all prepping to go back to work Monday. This is gonna that's gonna relax us nicely. But on Monday, five o'clock, another good draw here, Jim. Croatia versus Spain. Yeah, um, I feel like we've seen them play a few times. I remember Croatia doing them in the World Cup. I remember De Gea famously is when it near post. Um having some problems, but he won't be doing that. Croatia Spain is is one that's going to be tough to call, mainly because both teams have been quite disappointing and they're on they're on the decline. I would say um, Croatia got that win against Scotland, putting them through in third place. Um, Spain, I would, they, they looked awful. The first two games, they dominate play like you would expect them to, and they just can't put it away. And there's there's not been a Spain game yet where Morata has not missed a sitter. It, <laughs> Like he's guaranteed one. Um, and then they go and bat Slovakia 5-0. Um, so that's a good time to get goals. The goals flowing. Yeah, I think um, Martin Dubravka must have had over four and a half on his bet because he was fucking awful in this game. <laughs> the worst goal I've ever seen. <laughs> like, could be the worst keeping mistake I've ever seen. I, I was listening to... Um... A podcast that shall not be named because we don't want to plug over shit on our shit. Um, but they were basically saying that it definitely is the worst goalkeeping they've ever seen at a major tournament for an isolated incident. That he's tried to like claw it back. <laughs> it was like something like li- literally off FIFA, like when you just watch anything, what and you chuck your pad at like the, the wall or something. That's how bad it was. I just threw me Sunday dinner at me mum. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like you said, Spain dominated possession. Any Enrique side you would think would do that from the get-go. Got hold of the ball. Koke looking good. A lot of players looking good. Bar Morata. But they took out a lot of pent-up... Ev- they took up a lot of uh, pent-up aggression out on Slovakia and they were just the whipping boys. And it was nice to see that your boy, Amerit Laporte, got on the score sheet on that game, Jim. Finally moved from France to Spain and I think it'll be a yeah, good game I really do I think this will be a good game you got the start of them I think all the Spain games have been good so far because they've got that weakness of they might not score it and they, they, they can be got at. I will I predict Spain to go through um, but I do think they will meet the maker in the next round after that I don't know I don't know who it is they play in the bracket I think it could be France if I'm right Um but I think they could get a big old humble in if it is France. Uh, it is we'll France. Talk about that in, yeah, we'll talk about that in the next one. I've just, I've, I've just really not been impressed by Croatia at all. Um, no. There's not one bit of them that's impressed me. Um, 
he scored a few nice goals with individual brilliance from Perisic against Czech Republic and Modric's outside boot against Scotland. But yeah. other than that, they look really poor. Funny you should mention that, Jim, about the um, the Modric bit of quality. Obviously, a lot of people associate Modric with that outside of the boot shot pass that he does. And I was listening to on Talksport this morning that uh, when Rafa Benitez was the Real Madrid manager, he told Modric to stop doing that and use his left foot. <laughs> so, Bro, if Rafa was in charge, he wouldn't have gone through. Exactly, because Modric would have put it in fucking Rosette. <laughs> but I'm going to go Spain. Like you said, they might need to make it next round, but Croatia will want to get some revenge on Spain because they handed them the heaviest ever international defeat, getting beat 6-0 in 2018. So, Jim, you mentioned France. They play Switzerland, and they will also play the winner of the Spain-Croatia game should they get there. Yeah, France... Um... Top the group of death, but that's a, it's a weird one for me with France. I still don't think we know much about them. Um, Two draws, the one win. That, yeah, but like then, but then when you think about it logically and look back, and then you think they've gone, they've not been beat yet, and they played Germany and Portugal, and no, play, yeah, played Germany and Portugal, but then in both games, you was kind of thinking that Portugal and Germany could have could have got something definitely, and, and Hungary drew against them as well. Um, I feel like they're playing the group stages in like the second gear, and I think the only fear for them is if they don't find that gear. But surely they do with the players and the professionals they've got in the knockouts. Now is time for us to see your proper France side. But then this game is just going to be enough one of them where they're going to easy swat away Switzerland, and then it's going to be the quarterfinals before we know anything about them. Um, so yeah, I think France are going to go a long way. Obviously, that's not a big a bold claim. But I'm not impressed with him. No, I mean, you expect more than France. Like we were talking about depth before, talking about uh, England, Portugal, France uh, and Italy. France have probably the biggest depth, you could say. And just shout out to Hungary as well, picking up two points in the group of death when people would have put their houses on them getting none. They got draws against France and Germany, I believe. But they, they were they were so unlucky not to get through because if there wasn't one of those top, top teams in that group of death, they might have scruffed it. And that could the thing with France could work either for or against them because if they've not been tested and they get chucked into the quarterfinals and they get, say, I don't know, top head, for example, not going off the brackets, let's say they get an England, for example, then they could shock them or they get another team. They could really shock them. And I don't think he knows his best 11 yet. I really don't, Deschamps. No, he, he brought in a few new faces against Portugal, didn't he? He brought in um, Brian Tolisso, made it more of a 4-2-3-1, and he brought in uh, Jules Koundé at right-back. I don't know if I was injured. Um, didn't and he been in well, another yeah. team? Um, I think with Francis, they're notoriously and famously the, the winners of these kind of tournaments. They are pretty dull going through the group stages, but they're defensively sound. And this France team, for me, hasn't been. Um, Hungary scored against them. Portugal got two penalties. Like, the Kunde just, like, the handball for the penalty. It was just stupid. Larice just punching. Uh, was it Danilo? Or, yeah, know, it was Danilo. Danilo. Yeah, you're right. Um, two, like, really stupid mistakes. The midfield was bypassed the whole Germany game. And I think if Germany played them in not, the op- or not their opening fixture, they would have scored. So... While logic and history does say this France team will turn up into gears, I do kind of think that they might be a bit weaker than 
what we all would have thought they would going into this tournament because the squad is just so strong and they didn't look look like any weaknesses. But then on the pitch, it's a whole different ball game. And Mbappe doesn't look himself. No, I mean, like you said about Mbappe, the the thing is with France, he's still feeling out his best eleven. Like you said, Tolisso come in, Hernandez came back in, like players like that. And like you said, history would say that they go up through the gears and obviously just ooze class like you'd expect. But Mbappe doesn't look himself. I feel like, I know he scored a couple of goals, but I feel like for the cohesion of the squad, bringing Benzema back was a bad idea. Because, yeah, yeah curry, you know, you got to go. kind of looks like there's one too many stars up there. I mean, in, in the World Cup, Giroud was selfless. He didn't score a goal, but he was so he was so important to the team where he just linked them all together. And how good was like Griezmann in that World Cup, for example? And going forward, I think he had like, was he up there with the top scorers? Mbappe got a few as well. Pogba going forward but he's, there's been none of that really from the others Benzema's been kind of the main star going forward yeah I mean that's like you just said selfless is the word for that because like you said Jury didn't score a goal but he links everything together he's the guy that can drop deep can flick on can make it stick and Benzema can do that to a point but Olivier Giroud in my opinion is probably the best link-up striker in the world for, for the things like that and it won you a World Cup, so if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's my logic with it. Yeah, so I think we're both going to say France are going through, but there's, yeah. there's, you've got gears to go up into. Yeah, and if they was playing probably someone who who wasn't going to show you the belly, I'd also be more inclined to go for the other team, just because I feel like we have overrated France, and some of us need to remember that football isn't played on paper, and it just shows that the cohesion isn't 100% there. But we'll finish last with England, so we'll move on to the 8 o'clock as opposed to the 5 o'clock. We've got Sweden versus Ukraine, yellow and blue versus yellow and blue. <laughs> so That's, that's going to be a lovely um, a lovely clash on the pitch there, isn't it? It is. You've got, you love seeing a yellow kit. I think, I think they're maybe might have been my two favourite tops. Plus scheme. Yeah, especially yeah. that Sweden one. Um, but yeah, go on. I'll let you kick us off. Who trains going to win this one? Oh, see, this is the thing. I've grown to like Ukraine over this tournament just just from watching them. How I, I wouldn't uh, usually have said that I, I would like them. They've lost two games and won one, but Yarmolenko scored a screamer in in the first game. I believe it was against the Netherlands, and Zinchenko is a player I like as well. But uh, I just don't know if they've got enough to beat Sweden because they're always at major tournaments. They've been here. They, they've got players that play in Europe. So I'm going to go for Sweden, although I do really like Ukraine. Big shout out. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the um, the, the, the hipsters last 16. This is the one for all the hipsters. This this is the Sweden. Isaac for Sweden. He's been oh, amazing. Yeah? Some great solo player. The Sausage Man linked to Arsenal now. But I, I'm going to pick Ukraine. I think they underwhelmed in the group stage, but through patches they played some really nice stuff, and I think they'll they'll regroup now. They finished; it was the last team to go through on the third place playoffs, being the fourth best. Um, I think they're going to regroup. Shevchenko's going to rally the troops, and he's going to say, "Look, we weren't good in that group stage, but we've got Sweden here, and I know they're a good side, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse being a third place team." When you look at some teams like. You could have drew France if you were Switzerland, for example, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think Sinchenko, Malinovsky, and Sheparenko in midfield. They play some really nice stuff. Karadeva at right back. Um, 
is it Jomicek, the guy who scored them all in Belgium up front. I just think they've got some really good technical players and they're really good to watch. And I think Sweden are going to drop back into that 4 4 2, but Ukraine, Ukraine's quality is going to show through. And I'm going to go Ukraine. Yeah, I think this will be a game that people, I think, might scoff at at first when they say, oh, Sweden, Ukraine. Pff, this, this will rather be the. Um, the lovely hangover after watching England win or the one where you think, fuck, I'm not watching football now. <laughs> so yeah. man, I even watch it. Yeah, because moving on to England's segue, we will get the winner of this game should we get there. And oh, we've just got the small task, the very small task, Jim, <laughs> of uh, beating Germany at Wembley. Uh, 25 years since uh, the Southgate penalty miss at Euro 96, I believe. Um, but yeah, Small task of us beating Germany at Wembley. Can we do it, Jim? Yeah, of course we can. Of course we can. It's not going to be easy. Of course it's not going to be easy. It's Germany in an international tournament. But we can do it. We can beat them. I think Germany have looked impressive at spells, but in in the majority of that group stage, albeit a group of death, they don't really really know what bones to press. I think Jochen Lowe is just doing a lot of different things and kind of open for the best. And that showed in the Hungary game where they just thought, that could have been curtains for them. We could be playing Hungary. And they've got a deflection, a Goretzka deflection that went in. Uh, and now when they meet us, um, and I think England, for as dull as they've been, which I do agree with at times when you're watching and you think, just go forward here, lads. Come on, we've only scored two goals, haven't we? But the defence has been there. I don't think they've really looked in trouble. Um yeah, and he managed games really well as well. So I think if England do go up, which they're capable of, just with the quality alone up front, um, Southgate's going to have so many questions to answer in his team selection, whether he plays a five at the back, whether he plays Foden, whether he plays Sancho, every one of them. But I think England are going to, and this is not the Patriot, I mean, I think England like, are going to take a step back out of the England shirt and think they're here for the take in Germany. I think I'm gonna do it. No, you know what? I'm gonna agree with you. Not because there's any trepidation about us not beating Germany. I think we should smell blood with these men because they're not as good as they were when they won the World Cup in um, 2014. I think it was, and they've let they've put it this way: they've had to bring people back that retired after that tournament to actually get them relatively in order. For example, Matt Hummels, Thomas Muller, two players that came out of international retirement for this tournament. And Germany's best player, from a non-biased perspective, has been Kai Havertz so far. He's got two goals and two assists in the group stage. He looks really good playing in the position that he plays for Chelsea, almost like up front and in that number 10 position in a 3-4-2-1 or 3-4-3, whatever way you want to look at it. But... The way to get out of these men is down the right-hand side because they play Josh Kimmich, right wing-back, and I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of this lad, but he's not a right wing-back. He is either a right-back or a centre midfielder, and that's the way we're going to get at him. So if we play a Sterling or a Rashford or even a, a Grealish, I feel like we can get in that way. Yeah, I, th- I think England are just set up to um, for all the quality they've got the, the, the natural psyche kind of way is to um, sit back, defend first and attack afterwards and go for the counters. We've seen it against Croatia. Um, Croatia's midfield of um, Modric, Brozovic and Kovacic at Wembley, it was just completely outran 
by Rice and Phillips and they look so good. And then Rice and Phillips haven't looked the same since, I don't think, in the following two games. And I think against a Cruz and Gundogan midfield too, who are just kind of look to cycle possession and keep the ball, I think I think we're going to do. And we've got more energy than him. Um, Rice and Phillips, to be honest, I couldn't pick two better players there. So I think they've got a lot of faults that they can't bring the ball out from the back and break the lines of passes. But I don't think they're going to need to do this against Germany. I think we're going to be a bit more direct and they can be got out on the camera. And I think that's how England are going to win. Um, they're really good defensively. I think there's fault for the keeper. But in front of that, I think you're going to see Walker, Stones, Maguire, Shaw, all been really good. Rice and Phillips in front of them. That's six defensive players there who aren't going to bomb forward. And then you pick up your bunch. I don't know if we're going to get Mason Mount or Ben Chilwell available back. I highly doubt they're going to play just because of they have to self-isolate when they train, which is we could talk about for ages, couldn't we? How much bollocks this is! Like you can't, they can't train with the team until the day before. So, what preparation is that? I think Mount would have gone in this team definitely because he's a hard worker and it's what we'll need. But I think Jack Grealish on the back of his performance against um, Czech Republic will fill his role. Um, Saka could play again, and then I think we'll go Sterling and Kane, and I think we'll be him. Yeah, Saka did well the other night, and with with Mount and obviously potentially being out, I wouldn't be surprised if Mount got reinstated into this team just because of what he does off the ball and what he does on the ball. But I feel like Southgate loves him enough to to chuck him back in if need be. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he was on the bench. Yeah, big thing I've saw just last thing on England. Big thing I've saw with a couple of news outlets that we've been training in a four two three one which is quite positive, but it's also quite fucking stupid that it seems like we're the only country that leaks our own like team formation and team news. Um, yeah, we're very self-deprivating uh, Sorry, self in this country. Yeah, unless we get to um, Tuesday night and because the team has been leaked fucking every game so far. Free back. South- <laughs> sure, surely Southgate thinks now, this could be actually a move from just playing out of my head now listen, Gareth, Southgate listen. Is thought, he's thought oh fuck but our team's going to get leaked so why don't we just train in a 4-2-3 one on the open conferences on the opening sessions and then come Tuesday night bang five back Saka at left wing back James at right wing back I think I, I would still go 4-2-3 because I'm a big fan of consistency and getting players in familiar roles we haven't played that for a while I think when I checked it was since November but they got success last time playing it, and I think matching a side like Germany wouldn't be the worst thing to do. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I, if possible, I'd, I, if we do go back three or five, whatever way you want to look at it, it shouldn't be like a, oh, it should be, we've got that in our back pocket if we need it. And if we have to go to 4-2-3-1 and then finish in a back five or three, whatever way you want to look at it, oh, yeah. then we can do that as well. We've got to be tactically flexible. Yeah, I think our annoyance is the fact that journalists are now on what Friday night leaking, what formation we're going to play. So why don't we just keep that in our back pocket until yeah. Tuesday? Yeah, let's literally not give them the upper hand when we can do it. I bet if we uh, went and asked Marker, they wouldn't tell us theirs. <laughs> they wouldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't. Hey, unless it was the Barca formation. <laughs> they give it us a next day delivery, wouldn't they, Jim? But speaking of next day delivery, we are recording this on a Friday, it'll be out. Definitely the audio on Saturday. Video may differ, but 
it's been a nice little breakup. We've caught you up to the round of 16, where everyone's been, who everyone's playing. We've given you the lowdown. Now you just need to watch it, kick back, enjoy yourselves and see the rest of the Euros. Like I said, we're not sure when we're going to be doing these podcasts. So as and when we feel like they're appropriate, we don't want to, we don't want to say we're going to do them every Monday or, or commit to anything like that with obviously the new season starting, but we hope you enjoy the Euros. Keep up to date with the Cookie Pod socials at Cookie Podcast, followed by the number one is our handle for Twitter and Instagram. If you want to search us on YouTube, just search in TTWTCC Podcast and we'll come up as that's the way the cookie crumbles on there. And if you want to listen to us on Spotify or iTunes, just search the exact same thing in. That's the way the cookie crumbles. If you don't have us on there, go to our host platform, Anchor FM, and it'll tell you everywhere you can listen to our lovely voices. So, Jim, it's been a pleasure discussing the Euros with you again. Stan, safe travels with Donny to the Philippines. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. See you.